0: This is Instant Game Reaction, an
1: immediate look back at the Colts' latest game. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, looking for the
0: pylon, touchdown! Jonathan Taylor, a run-up 23 yards to pater They will it upfield, it's intercepted, picked off by the Colts, and it's Darius Leonard. Wentz throws upfield into the end zone, Sack, Pascal. touchdown! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! Now, here's your host, J.J. Stankovitz, from Colts.com. Hey everyone, and welcome into another edition of Colts Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. I'm JJ Stankovitz, joined as always by Colts Ring of Honor member Bill Brooks. As we look at the Colts' 23-20 loss to the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday, Bill, the Colts had a chance to clinch a playoff spot. They did not do that. They still hold their playoff destiny in their own hands, but certainly the the messaging and the mood from the Colts after this game was a a reverberating disappointment about not being able to close out a spot in the AFC playoff picture at home. Before we kind of get into the more granular aspects of this game, though, Bill, from your perspective, watching this game, did it, how did it feel like that's a very broad question, but like something just kind of felt off from the get go in this game. You've played in, you know, certainly a lot of these games. Um, How did it feel to you?
1: Well, it felt like at the beginning of the game when the Colts, of course, deferred as far as uh, the decisions for the second half, as far as getting a kickoff or getting a kickoff uh, to them or kicking the ball off. Um, that when they deferred and Raiders' offense got the ball, it just felt like the Raiders were just came out. They had something to prove. They it looked like like they was ready to go out there and play, and to prove something and they went down and scored on their first possession and then the Colts came back next and was three and out and it just looked like there was just something, I don't know what it is, I couldn't can't put my finger on it right now but it just looked like the raiders were out there to prove something and the Colts just got off to a little slow start now they did come back and, and tie the ball game up and right before half they went down there and scored and they got the ball back second half and scored again uh, at the beginning of the second half but this seemed, seemed like something was missing. This seemed like they just couldn't get into a rhythm, and I think that was more of it than anything else. It's just hard to find a rhythm uh, for the whole game.
0: Yeah, the, the Colts only had two touchdown drives in this game, Bill, and they came sandwiched around halftime. You know, and, and like you mentioned, the start of the game, the, 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 the uh, Colts going three and out to start the game, that was almost shocking. Like, I think we've gotten so accustomed to the Colts starting games off strong. And, you know, you and I talked about it on uh, Colts pregame huddle with Joe Reitz and Jeffrey Gorman and and, uh, JMV before the game that, you know, hey, we trust Frank Reich to, you know, get Carson situated in this game because he's been so good on game scripts. And it just kind of felt off like the the Colts weren't able to get Jonathan Taylor going on that first drive. And it just it, it was weird, like. The, the Colts eventually caught up and took yes. the lead. Uh, but then, you know, there was the drive. The one that I think the, the Colts will want back, uh, you know, Darius Leonard picks off Derek Carr. This is after the, yes. the next possession after the Colts score a touchdown to, to take the lead. He picks off Derek Carr, and you're thinking, like, all right, this is we're, – we're on it now. And – That was, you know, a drive. That wasn't the drive that ended with Carson missing T.Y. Hilton. That was a drive that, you know, started at midfield. And the Colts got a first down. Like, two plays. Jonathan Taylor breaks the Colts' single-season rushing record on a nine-yard run to get to the Las Vegas 38-yard line. Michael Pittman Jr. on the next play, Bill, gets to 1,000 yards. Like, that's a heck of a back-to-back sequence of plays for the 2020 Colts draft class. But then Jonathan Taylor loses a yard. Carson Wentz is sacked for a loss of eight. There was a holding penalty on that play anyway, and the Colts have to punt. And you just kind of felt like that was the chance to really grab a hold of this game. Obviously, there was the miss to T.Y., but, you know, for as sluggish as the Colts started this game, they had chances to come out and and take control of a game that, again, if they won – we're talking about them as a playoff team right now, this moment.
1: Yeah, they they have some opportunities out there that they, they I'm sure they wish they had back that they can do some things over with as far as even passing, but also drives where they feel like if they just could have gotten a first down here or another first down there, that that could have kept the drive going and they could have got a first down. You no, know? and I mentioned this earlier in the post game show that as far as the Colts on third down, which is something unusual for them because they were they're decent in the top 10 as far as third down efficiency, as far as getting first downs. Today, they were only at 3-4-11, only at 27%. So that, you know, that usually that doesn't bode well for you as far as moving the ball, keeping the ball, uh, continue to drive and go down and score points. So that was frustrating. And that's kind of talk. That's what you're mentioning about, uh, Colts having a punt and, and on that drive and give the ball back to the Raiders.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the, to not convert that third down, uh, you know, the Colts entered entered this game uh, their tenth and third down percentage generating this game forty two percent, and <clears throat> to go three of eleven on third down, and, and it was a lot of it. They were in a lot of third and longs. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't like the Colts were missing on third and four a bunch. It was a lot of third and longs that. You know, are difficult to convert against a Raiders team that's got two really good defensive ends in Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe, and uh, who both had really, really good games. So that that's you know one part of it. But the other thing, Bill, you know, this is the first time the Colts have ever lost when Jonathan Taylor goes for over a hundred yards. They were twelve and zero before that. When when J T goes for over a hundred. But even then, you know, JT went for uh, 108 yards on 20 carries, one touchdown. And it wasn't like he – it didn't feel like a Jonathan Taylor dominant takeover game. Make no, no mistake, it was a good game for Jonathan Taylor. Some of the runs he had were – I mean, he's turning two yards into six. Right. Um, but it, it just it, – it all felt off. That's like the word I keep going back to, that it all just kind of felt off.
1: I agree with you, and and it wasn't one of those games where Jonathan Taylor, you know, got one of those big runs. I mean, yes, right. he had one for twenty-four yards. That was his longest. But if we, you know, we're usually seeing that thirty-five, forty-yard run, or coming at a key key point in the game where he's getting a big run and kind of uh, you know putting the defense on the heels a little bit, and is a backbreaker backbreaker run uh, for the defense that you know Jonathan Taylor has. Just ran off there, and it makes it very difficult for the defense to, to kind of come back from that. We just didn't see that tonight uh, out of the Colts, and I don't know why. But it's just it's just one of those things where you know what you can't put your finger on it. Um, I want I don't want to say they you know it came off too sluggish. I don't think they were sluggish. Just, just that, give the Raiders credit. They they played well tonight. Um, they were playing for something. They they wanted to go out there knowing that their their playoff lives were on the line because they have to win today and uh and they had to win have to win next week so you know these are big games for them and um they came out with some urgency and 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 played well
0: i think that the disappointing thing about jt's game is i'm kind of looking at this i sort of made a note of this during the game like i want to go back and pull up the the numbers of defenders in the box Mm because there were some runs where you know the vegas had six six guys in the box they're playing some light boxes on occasion Um, They played mostly seven in the box. With with seven or fewer defenders in the box, Bill, Jonathan Taylor had 12 carries for 47 yards, so that's a little under four yards per carry. Um, You know, not what we've come to expect out of this Colts rushing offense in those situations, but with eight or more guys in the box, JT had nine carries for 71 yards. Like, he he was still hitting those runs when the Raiders were selling all out to stop them, but the Raiders didn't have to do that as much as some other teams because they were having – Success with you know normal or light boxes against the Colts offense.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe the Colts just weren't used to seeing six or seven people in the box because <laughs> they've had uh, eight people in the box uh, quite often the last few weeks. So uh, may have been something new for the Colts, but that's unusual. It really is. I mean, because you would think that with you have six or seven in the box and with JT and our offensive line and uh, majority of the guys playing, um, the only one that didn't play was Fisher and. And so it was uh, a little unusual, and you thought that, you know, they would get the running game going. Usually the Colts might start off slow running the ball, but usually they get the running game going. I know Frank Wright wanted to do that on one of the uh, drives in the fourth quarter. He wanted to ride Jonathan Taylor and, and drive down the field, and they did. They, they ran with JT quite often. I, I forget. I think it might have been a 12 or 14-play drive. Yep, 12 plays. Um, yeah, uh, down the field, and uh, they got the tying field goal. But... Still, it, it was one of those things where you thought, mm, man, JT's just going to just keep on giving to JT. Keep on giving to JT. We're eventually going to get it. And it just didn't happen tonight.
0: The the other thing, as we kind of look at this, Bill, so, I mean, the the Colts won the turnover battle. Two to nothing. <laughs> I mean, this is the second time this year that they've won the turnover battle by multiple turnovers and have lost a game, the other being in week three against the Titans. And it's it's bizarre. Like, you know, the Isaiah Rogers interception, what a play. Just what a tremendous play by Isaiah Rogers, who continues to make those plays on a weekly basis. And then, like, I talked about Darius taking over. This is a Colts team that not only wins the turnover battle, but they make you pay for it. And the Colts punted after the, both of those turnovers. Like, yeah. that's another just one of those uncharacteristic things about this game that kind of leaves you scratching your head because – The Colts, I I think they still led this coming into the game. They lead the NFL in points off turnovers. And to get none in this game, just, you know, again, you're kind of like, how did this happen? And then the other thing, Bill, the Raiders in this game, their average starting field position was their own 33-yard line, which may not sound like a significant bump, you know, if you're just kind of thinking, oh, only the 33-yard line. But they started drives at the 35 at their own 35-yard line or closer, four, five times. Wow. They had, they, they had the drive that started um, after the Hunter-Renfro punt return at their own 35. Mm-hmm. But before that, their first uh, the, the first drive that ended with the Derek Carr interception, they started that at their own 35. Um, they had another one starting at their own 35 that the Colts got a three-and-out on. Toward the uh, middle of the second quarter, one that started on their own 43, they got a field goal out of that. And then late in the game, the, the touchdown drive that gave them the lead, they started that on their own 38 yard line. So we're talking, you know, what the Colts have been so good at this year, Bill, is forcing teams into taking those long, methodical drives. And the Raiders did that once 12 plays, 70 yard, 75 yards. But their other touchdown drives in this game, or their other touchdown drive in this game, went six plays for 62 yards. And their other scoring drives, nine plays for 41 yards, seven plays for six yards. And uh, ten plays for sixty yards, so yeah. they, they just they weren't forcing the Raiders into, you know, beating them with these long drives. And and Vegas started only one possession inside their own twenty-five yard line in the entire game. I mean that that is tough when you're in a close game like this to to have those field positions be to the point where like the Raiders can go. Seven plays for six yards, and it's a great job by the Colts' defense, but it ends in a field goal. Or nine plays for 41 yards, but it ends in a field goal. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that.
1: Right. I mean, and, and also to, to piggyback off of what you just said there is the Colts didn't do a good enough job, I don't believe, on third down defensively as well. I mean, I think both sides of the ball, third down was a, a down that was key for them. and you know, the Raiders were a six for 14 for 40, say 43% on um, – on third downs and they're usually about 36 percent throughout the season on third down so that was tough i mean if you're about 43 44 you're you're right around uh the top 10 in the national football league on third down conversions and for the raiders that was good for them because they're you know they're probably roughly around 26 right now in national football league on third down efficiency but the colts couldn't get off the field and when you can't get off the field and you give someone life it gives them More confidence that hey they can move the ball, so I don't think they really felt like they were worried about moving the ball because they were converting on third downs and the Colts just couldn't get off the field. I think that was a another key point to that game that when you when you give up a lot of first downs off a third down and 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 team keeps moving, the offense gets confidence, but the defense gets tired as well. I'm not saying the defense got tired uh, for the Colts, but it just gives that offense a lot of confidence, knowing that they can convert third downs to first downs whenever they want to. And I think the, the Raiders felt that way, that they could, especially after that first drive um, when they went down the field and, and scored a touchdown. But you know what? It's it's one of those things where JJ, it's uh, we can talk about it, and you know we probably won't put be able to put our finger on it what exactly happened. But the bottom line is, as you said earlier the Colts still control their own destiny. They win yes. next week and they're in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, that is the um, comforting thing to know here, Bill, is that <laughs> even in spite of this loss and how, how disappointed the Colts were in it and how frustrated they were, you know, you mentioned the third downs. That's that's exactly what Darius Leonard brought up after the game. Like, you know, we felt like we couldn't get off the field. The other thing, the Raiders converted both of, both of their fourth downs. One of those is the touchdown to yes. Hunter Renfro um, that gave them the lead. So that – you know, that that's kind of how they felt. But with, with the Colts controlling their own destiny, the other part of it is that they, they controlled their own destiny for being the number five seed in the AFC before this game. Like, they, yes. if they if they beat the Raiders and then the Jaguars, they would have been the AFC number five seed. Like, no matter what. And right. now, they could be as high as the five seed or as low as the seven seed if they beat the Jaguars. They now are going to rely on some other teams uh, for help. So just a quick recap of those scenarios, Bill, and I'll try not to give anyone a headache. (laughs) Next week, the Colts will be the number five seed if the Miami Dolphins beat the Patriots and the LA Chargers beat the Raiders. Colts will be the number five seed. The Colts will be the number six seed if the Patriots beat the Dolphins and the Chargers beat the Raiders or the Dolphins beat the Patriots and the Raiders beat the Chargers. The Colts will be the number seven seed if the Patriots beat the Dolphins and the Raiders beat the Chargers. I wow. won't quiz anyone on that at the end of this podcast, but <laughs> the point is, we're now talking about two other games impacting where the Colts will be in the playoffs, as opposed to you get to play the quote unquote weakest division winner as the five seed. Um, you know, we can talk all about who, oh, would you rather play Cincinnati or Tennessee or Buffalo or Kansas City? But now the Colts don't really have a choice. No. So that, that is something that I think this team is a little bit frustrated with. Um, the other thing, Bill, I mean, T.Y. Hilton said this. Like, going to Jacksonville, that's not, not really a guarantee. You know, T.Y. Hilton quote after the game, we don't play good down there, so better find a way or we're going to be out. T.Y. Hilton has seen six consecutive losses to the Jaguars away from Lucas Oil Stadium, whether that's been – In London or in Jacksonville, if the Jaguars are going to the AFC Championship or contending for the number one seed, or the number one draft pick, excuse me, the Colts just, for whatever reason, haven't been able to beat Jacksonville, and now they know, we got to break that streak. Otherwise, we're probably out of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, there's no guarantee that the Colts going down there to Jacksonville that they're going to win the game, so they need to come out and be ready to play um, because the players down in Jacksonville, yes, There will be a new head coach in Jacksonville. There will be a new coaching staff in Jacksonville. But those players, to be honest with you, this is an interview for those players Uh right now. They're going to want to get their game on film, showing that they could play and that they're playing hard, even though they're not going to make it to the playoffs, but they want to give 100% they're going to play hard. And they want to show not only the new coaching staff that's coming in, but possibly 31 other teams out there that, you know what, if, if I'm not on the Jacksonville Jaguars in the 22, 2022 season, that some other team wants me and I can go play for them. So they're going to give their best um, next week. They're going to play their hardest because they're playing for their own personal jobs, um, the players there for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's not going to be easy game for the Colts. So I think that they will, Colts will come out. I think they'll prepare well. That's going to be a key for them this week, preparing well for Jacksonville. And I think they will go down there and play well and I think they they will secure their playoff spot, but they need to make sure that they play well and do the things that they've done in the month of December to get them to that to the playoffs by playing well and still creating turnovers.
0: Bill, I want to throw you a bit of a curveball here because you're talking about the mentality of those Jaguars players. Mm-hmm. Your rookie year. Yes. You guys start 0-13. Yes. And, I, you know... I don't know what if there what the chatter was in 1986 about oh you know Colts can be the number one overall pick. You guys won your last three games, so the mentality I think some people might assume a team like the Jaguars will have right now is pack it in, you know from the top down. Eh, we got to tank this game because we can clinch the the number one overall pick. But you mentioned the players. I, if any player thinks like that. <laughs> they're probably out of the nfl next year right
1: <laughs> exactly they're doing something else they're, they're not they're not getting ready in the off season to uh, for training camp for two days and things like that and getting ready for a, a mini camp or things like that they are doing something else they're looking for another job doing uh something different probably a nine to five job which is you know they are yeah, a lot of great nine to five jobs in this world but you know you only not you don't get too many opportunities to play in the National Football League. So when you have that opportunity, you want to play. So those guys more than likely will not be playing if their mentality is that way, that they say, hey, you know what, uh, we'll get the number one pick. Don't worry about it. Uh, uh-uh. You don't want to worry about it. You don't want to have to go into a game saying, ah, who cares if we lose or not. At least we'll get the number one pick. No, you want to go in there and say, hey, look, I'm a professional. I want to go out there and play well to show the people that, hey, I deserve to be here. If I'm not going to be here, I deserve to be somewhere else in the National Football League playing in this league.
0: You know, you think about some of the guys on this, you know, Jaguars team, a guy like Marvin Jones, who's 31. You know, Marvin Jones has played on some bad teams. Marvin Jones isn't walking into this game being like, well, you know how good our team's going to be in 2022? If we get Kavon Thibodeau with the number one, no, he's not thinking that. Marvin Jones no. is going out there thinking, how can I go spoil the Colts' season? Like, yes. It, you know, the this is a team, so they still have got some veteran leader. You know, a guy like Miles Jack um, on this team has played a lot of football. Like, the, the Jaguars are not going to take this game lightly. Yes, they got blown out 50-10 to 10 by the New England Patriots. And yes, their two wins this year inexplicably are over the Miami Dolphins and Buffalo Bills. Um, but... If the Colts take their foot off the gas at all this week, they're they're going to risk extending that losing streak to seven games. The one thing I will say, Bill, is the Colts this year have played really well after losses. And this is mostly, you know, after that, that tough start to the season. Yes. But after losing to the Baltimore Ravens in that brutal overtime game, go out and you you stomp the Texans thirty one to three. Then after losing to the Titans in overtime in Week 8, they go out, beat the Jets 45-30. to 30. That score was not as close as the final uh, score would indicate. Then after losing to the Buccaneers, they go out and they stomp the Texans again 31 to nothing. So this team has responded well to losses uh, as the season has gone on. I think that is a credit to Frank Reich and the leadership on this team that I almost kind of feel like, like, it, I don't feel super nervous about this Jacksonville game, seeing how they've played. And I asked Jonathan Taylor about this, Bill, and I wanted to kind of bring it up to you for your thoughts on it, mm-hmm. about how the Colts have played so well after losses this year. And what JT said is that this team is so good at falling back on their process and not deviating from it. Some teams, when you lose a game, you start trying to change things. Like, all right, we're going to do right. this differently or we're going to approach this thing differently. But the Colts are so they're so uh, invested in how they go about things and how they go to work and how they practice and prepare and all that, that a loss doesn't change that.
1: I, I agree. I, I think this is one of the most confident teams in the process and how they approach each and every game. I mean, it's a one and O, one and o mentality. You go play this game and this game only. And that's all the things you need to focus on right now is just this game, this game plan. And I think the coaches do a great job of preparing the guys for them to be well prepared for each and every game. So I'm not worried about that part of it as far as them being prepared, the coaches doing a great job of game planning and making sure they have the best game plan for these players to go out there and execute. I'm not worried about that. My concern is this is not a round ball and this ball bounces funny, <laughs> <laughs> this ball bounces in funny ways. So that's my only concern. Anything can happen on any given day. We know that, we, we hear that as a cliche that any, on any given Sunday, any team can be beat. We know that, and it's true. But I, I feel confident, as you said, that these guys will be well-prepared. They will go out and play hard. And they will play well. And they will come out with a win. But as I said, it's just they haven't played well down here in the last few years. Mm-hmm. And the ball is not round. And they could have some funny bounces. You never know what's going to happen uh, with any time in a game. So uh, I just wanted—I just wish they would have took care of business today. Yeah. And that way you wouldn't have to really worry about it. And then you can go down there and you could have some thoughts of resting guys and, and getting ready for the playoffs or whatever. But um, it didn't work out that way. So now they have to go down there and, and make sure they secure a win so they can secure a spot in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. And, you know, let's not forget that You know, the the Colts only beat the Jaguars by six points back in week 10, 23-17, a game where, you know, Matthew Adams' block punt recovered by, or uh, excuse me, Zaire Franklin's block punt recovered by EJ Speed was a critical play in that game, and, you know, the Jaguars were driving at the end uh, for a chance to win it until Dio Dengbo stepped in and, uh, you know, had that strip sack, so... uh, The, this is going to be a tough one down there in Jacksonville. There's no doubt about it, and the Colts are approaching it that way. Um, it, it was good to hear the, how the team was already, already acknowledging those past struggles in Jacksonville as a reason of, like, look, the, we are not taking this game lightly. And then for everything you just said, Bill, I think everyone knows, like, if you leave doubt, you know, some weird thing could happen. There could be a tipped pass that's picked off. I mean, like, how did the Colts lose to the Jaguars last year in Jacksonville with, like, Gardner Minshew com- threw, like, one incompletion in that game? Just, yeah, I mean, like, he w- weird stuff. Yeah, you want I mean, to avoid that.
1: Exactly. You know, you have, a, you have a player that has a out-of-this-world game that they would never have. Right. You know, just, just one time they have an out-of-this-world game and and, and they really wreck your, your game and <laughs> wreck how you're playing and then you know, all of a sudden – You know, it comes down to the last minute, last couple seconds of a game where, you know what, you're either trailing or you need a a field goal or you need a touchdown to win the football game. And you really don't want it to come down to that. You want to go down there and really dominate the game and then leave no doubt that, hey, we're going to come down here. We're going to play well. We're going to win this game and get out of there with a, a clean win. Everyone is healthy and get ready for the playoffs. But. You know what, we just have to go down there and do our best and then hope for the best, but I think the guys will be ready to play and they'll be well prepared, and I, I think they will not, believe me, they will not uh, take this, this game for granted.
0: Week 18, Colts at Jaguars. As we're potting right now, Bill, that game is scheduled to kick off at 1 p.m. on Sunday. We'll see if that changes with the NFL having the ability to flex some games to Saturday. Um so stay tuned on that. That'll be, you know, keep, keep your eyes peeled to Colts.com, to the Colts social media channels for some updates on the kickoff of the Colts and Jaguars game on Sunday. If it stays the same or if it changes, we will got, we'll keep you covered. We will also have you covered here on the Colts Audio Network all week long with a new episode of the Colts official podcast coming out on Tuesday. That's myself, Jeffrey Gorman, and Lara Overton breaking down everything from the Colts Raiders game and looking ahead to the Colts Jaguars game We'll have another episode of Inside Football with Rick Venturi and Matt Taylor coming out on Wednesday. Bill Brooks, you'll be on with Casey Valier for Know Your Foe on Thursday. And then the final regular season game of the 2021 season will come this weekend against the Jaguars. Bill and I will be back for another episode of Colts Instant Reaction after that. So please subscribe to the Colts Audio Network wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review if you do that. And we will talk to you next time here on the Colts Instant Reaction Podcast. For Bill Brooks, I'm JJ Stankovitz. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.